It's my favorite Sunday of the church year. I know I'm not supposed to have favorites, but this is it. It's God Aute Sunday, which means to rejoice. We're rejoicing because we are so near to Christmas. We are so near to Christ coming into our lives once more. I know I mentioned before that there are ultimately three Advents. The first Advent was 2,000 years ago when we were waiting for Christ to come into our world. He's come already. The second Advent is now the present moment, the Advent when Christ will come into our lives right now at this day and this age. And the third Advent is the second coming. And so Garete Sunday is to celebrate and rejoice that it's so near. So I want you to think about that. However you feel, if you feel close to God, if you feel distant from God, just know that he is so close and he is so near to breaking into your life in a new way. He is so near to bringing about Christmas within you. And he says that whenever he comes, there will be signs, miracles that will happen. And so thousands of years before he came, the prophet Isaiah spoke of these miracles. Prophet Isaiah said, this is how you will know that the Savior of the world is here. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a stag, and then the tongue of the mute will sing. And now as Jesus is in the world, 2000 or the thousand years after that, we hear John the Baptist, who's in prison because he's already prophesied. He, John the Baptist has said the Savior is here, and so they throw him in prison. And John the Baptist begins to hear about these amazing things that are happening. And so he says to his disciples, he says, go to Jesus, go to him and find out if he is, if he is the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And so his disciples go to Jesus and they say to him, Lord, are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? And the wonderful thing is Jesus doesn't just give them a yes or no answer. He says this, go and tell John what you see and what you hear. Now this should sound very familiar from the first reading. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them, and blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. So Jesus is saying, go tell John all the miracles that you're experiencing. Jesus is doing these miracles right now. All the ones that the prophets had said and longed for, Jesus was working the miracles right in their midst. And that's how we would know that he was the Savior. Well, the amazing thing is now is we await the advent of, of Christ into our hearts right now, and we celebrate this Garete Sunday. The reality is he wants to work these same miracles in our day and age. He wants to work these same miracles through you. And in fact, after Jesus suffered, died, um, rose, and ascended into heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit upon his disciples, and he said to them, you will do not only the things that I did, but even greater things. You will do not only the things that I did, but even greater things. How many of you have been uh, confirmed? Raise your hand. So all of you that have received confirmation, raise your hands for a second because this is pretty amazing. All of you, all of you right now have the power to work miracles. You can do not only the things that Jesus did, but even greater things. How do we know that Jesus is present in the world today? Because we see the miracles that happen through your hands, through your prayers, through your faith. 
ultimately, he said that you will do it. And I want you to think about that. Have you experienced miracles in your life? Raise your hand if you have experienced a miracle. All right, so I don't see as many hands raised as high. But the reality is, we've probably all experienced it. We just might not have seen it. So how do we experience miracles in our lives? Recently, there was a play that came to Cleveland at the Playhouse Square, and it was Finding Neverland was the title of it. And Finding Neverland is the story of J.M. Barry and how he wrote Peter Pan. It's the story of how Peter became Peter Pan. And in the story, the theme over and over again is the necessity of believing. And he began to, to write this whole idea of Neverland. This is a spoiler alert, so close your ears if you don't want to hear about any of this. He began to write about Neverland actually when his younger brother died. So when he was just a little boy, his younger brother died in an ice skating accident. And after his younger brother died, he wished there were a time and a place that he could always be with his brother. And so he got this idea in his imagination of a place called Neverland where boys would never grow up and he could always be with his brother. Well, we know that J.M. Barry over the years grew into an adult, and during that time, he began to, to be this famous playwright in London. He would write play after play after play, but he discovered his plays were becoming stale, and they were no longer wonderful plays. They were just kind of like the same old thing being rehashed over and over. And one day, he's in the park, and he's trying to come up with a new play because the theater's uh, running out of money, his plays are bombing, and he sees these boys playing. And this family he meets is the Darling family. It's the, it's the boys and their mother. And they'd lost their father, and the boys are kind of looking for a father figure in their life. And the boys teach him how to play again. He discovers this whole childlike ability to play. And laced throughout it all is this whole theme of believing. There's a very powerful scene at the end of the movie where actually the mother of the boys is dying. And it's actually the opening night of Peter Pan. It's a true story. The opening night of Peter Pan, she's dying, so she can't make it to see the play. So they come and they bring the play to her house and they perform the whole play of Peter Pan. And she dies shortly after. And the oldest boy says to J.M. Barry, how do I keep her alive? You know, how, how, do I, how do I stay with the presence of my mother? And J.M. Barry says to him, close your eyes. And if you believe, you can always be with her. So the little boy closes his eyes, and then a few tears come down his face, and in his vision, in his imagination, he sees his mother come to him. And he opens his eyes and he said, I saw her. I saw her. Just last night I was talking to someone about this homily, and I said, have you ever experienced a miracle? And he said, no, I don't think I have. And then he said, wait a minute. He said after his dad died, he came to him in his dreams two times, and he got to see him and experience him. The reality is that we can experience miracles. Not only can experience miracles, we're supposed to experience miracles, and we're supposed to work miracles in our lives. Jesus said it. He promised when he sent you the Holy Spirit, when you were baptized, when you were confirmed, he gave you everything that you need to work miracles in this world. And not only the ones that he did, but greater miracles. I know in this very parish, before I got here, we had a miracle. 
There was a young girl here whose heart was enlarged and, uh, and the, the entire parish prayed for her. And the next thing you know, the doctors did all the x-rays and her heart went back to normal size. Miracles happen all the time. But the reality is sometimes we don't see them because we don't believe. And so this God Out Day Sunday, that's what I invite all of us to do, is once more to become like children again, to have that wonderful imaginative belief in God that not only can he work miracles in our lives and does he work miracles in our lives, but he will work miracles through our hands and through our prayers if only 